The current spoiler warning level is Azure. Friends and folks, for this episode, you're looking at a spoiler warning level of Azure. We're talking about three machines from Turn A Gundam, and then a handful of very different machines from the real world, which obviously you can't be spoiled on. So, please enjoy the episode. Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to another episode of Mechanista NG. The toothpick is your key. I'm holding up a toothpick. It's my key. Yeah, I started picking my teeth I'm six when you said that. Hello. I'm Dylan. Ah. Hi, Dylan. Probably shouldn't do that What's on going the air, on? but it's not like it's going to be loud enough for anyone to hear. Unless you tell people you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, but they're not going to listen. I don't know they why I'm picking mental my teeth. Image, it's not though. like... Look, I had a toothpick on my desk and you said it, so I was just like, oh, must do thing. I Look, it's Pavlov response. I don't know. That's not Pavlov. Okay. I don't know. What? No, it's not. Eh. It's association. <laughs> but, you know. All right. Well, well, six. Uh, I have put away the toothpick. Uh, this week, we're going to roll a normal die. What is a normal die, though, really? I, I mean, I think it would be a d6 if it's normal. <laughs> Right. Me, are we rolling a d6? Are we doing a d... Yeah, you're right. We're doing a d6, aren't we? Okay. Yeah, no, unless we... No, we didn't clear anything else since then, so d6 should still be it. Yeah. All right. All right. Correct sensory. <laughs> um, there's <laughs> not much left here. <laughs> What's left of correct sensory? I don't even know. Like, I... Uh, I'll one wait. thing. Uh, oh, one thing. Okay, so we don't even have to do a second roll. All right, well... No. What is the number? Um, it is TAF-M9. Dylan, you've played shooters. What's the M9 in a shooter? That's like a... Isn't that a semi-auto rifle or something? Or is that a bolt-action rifle? No. No, it is a modern 9mm pistol. It is the uh, U.S. Army's primary service gun, the M9 Beretta. Is there an M... Something that's like a bolt-action rifle or a semi-automatic rifle? Not to my knowledge. Oh, M1 Garand. There we go. Sorry, I looked it up. Oh, you want to... Yeah, I said M9, though. I know, I know, but I wanted to make sure I wasn't insane for thinking M and a number was a rifle. Also, the um, the Garand is not bolt-action. Yeah, it's semi-automatic, but... I also, I to be fair, I did say semi-automatic or bolt action. I couldn't remember. Okay, how about this? How about we t- we cover the Eagle and the Grand because the Grand is one of the coolest guns of all time. Uh, fair enough, but uh, oh, Eagle! Oh, I want to. I thought we already talked about the Eagle. Maybe not, huh? I think you and I have talked about the Eagle a very long time ago. Probably it has not been covered on this show. Well, this thing's fucking cool, so I'm excited for that. All right, I thought. It, Let me. I, th- I thought the only thing that would be left is, like, the thing that lays fences or whatever, because I, I can't remember if we talked about that on air. I don't think we're giving it its own episode. Yeah, probably not. I'm going to real quick Well, now you're going to have to get a D5, which is a very abnormal die for our normal episodes. Or I can just add more Universal Century shit, especially with GGP being at Igloo now. 
Well, the thing is, we've been rolling a d6, and then if we get a 6, we re-roll. So actually, oh. I'm just rolling a d4. Oh, okay. Because all we have that's valid right now is early UC, very late UC, after Colony, Correct Century, and Cosmic Era. Now Correct Century is going to be off that list. I should probably expand mid-UC. Did Unless we covered, like, all of middle UC, I don't think we did. Well, what do you... Define middle UC. I forget. Do we include Zeta and Double Zeta in early UC? Yes, we do. Oh, oh, right. Our, like, mid-UC was stuff like CCA, right? And then... I see. I think CCA was the cutoff. Okay. I just know... I do know we cut off, got all the CCA suits because we basically kept rolling them, like, one or two weeks in a row right after one another. And I was just like, oh, okay. I'm looking at this list. I'm trying to figure out what the latest thing that's on the early UC... I think... Yeah, I think Double Zeta is the cutoff for early UC on our list. Yeah, well, we already covered all of CCA, so um, I guess it would just be, we would have to add unicorn shit once, you know, they get to unicorn, but that's a little bit ways off. And, I mean, that's, and it is added, right? We have uh, late UC tab. So the, the reason we have very late UC is because there's a late UC. Oh, right, because we is... made the tab before when we used to use our extra episode for spoiler suits rather than just listen uh-huh, requests. Uh-huh. So we still have those which, tabs. I didn't know if we deleted which those. Okay. We should still do sometimes, but it's like, you know. We haven't why, done one of those in a while, you know? though. We should. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so right now that that list has, I mean, it has all the, you know, stuff we've covered from CCA, which is everything talkable you can really talk about from CCA. Um, we could put on the, like, the the Jeep that Amuro jumps from to fight with Char, but who cares? Um and then some things we've already rolled from Unicorn on bonus episodes, but yeah, that list is just Unicorn, Narrative, and, uh, and, uh, fucking Hathaway. Okay. Oh, also, question at the front of the show real quick, because it's working now. Uh, either you or listeners, if you had this happen, were wikis, like, busted the past three days or something? Like, I had an issue where every time I went to a wiki to, like, show an image, when I would click on an image, it would just reload the page it was on. I could only load, like the main images on a wiki, like the uh, top, you know, the sidebar one at the top usually. And this was across all, like, fandom.com, you know, wikis. Uh, It seems to be working now. I know it was happening to me the other day because I had to talk about a code fairy thing with um, M from GGP. uh, Oh, because they, yeah, I just listened to the latest episode of GGP and and clearly M didn't make the connection vis-a-vis the Dom Nomides. Yeah, yeah, uh, which to be fair... I think they played the game like two years ago or something, so I, I get why. Yeah. But uh, it is it is a very funny thing. Uh, I'm, I, I I reminded M M's gonna probably bring it up next time, so um, mm. that'll be fun because I I love that bit. That that's a funny bit of the game. Uh, look, I like Code Fairy a lot. I'm a big Code Fairy fan. So anyway, Egale Turn A Gundam Final Suit. This is a fucking weirdo, uh, like all of Turn A suits, but you'll see why on this one. This one has, like, a, some particular stuff, which is funny, because at a glance, it actually looks like a pretty normal mobile suit. Uh, this is an Okawara design, a very good Okawara design, um, that presents itself pretty early in the show, I want to say. Um, yeah. It's, 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 like, probably, like, episode, like, seven or eight or something like that. I know it's pretty early. Um... And this is deployed alongside the Gozos, which we've talked about, uh, which are the little weirdos piloted by our good friends Bruno and Jacob. Uh, Have we talked about the Gozos? I thought we talked about the Gozo and its upgrade, the Godwin, at some point. But maybe we didn't? I thought we did. That might be this episode. No, we definitely talked about the Godwin, because 
I there's a specific thing I remember. Hold on. Uh, let me look. Neither are on the thing. They're not on the thing. But I thought we talked about like the God. It wasn't a. It wasn't like a lost episode. I mean, this is, I think this is my first time seeing these wiki pages. It must have been with someone else. Ah, uh, maybe it was. Okay, well, we'll talk about them on this episode then, too, because we may as well get all of uh, Mechanista, you know, this stuff out of the way. Um, sure. All right, so, for the E-Gale, uh... Oh, sorry, hold up. I forgot I sw- got to switch mouse again. Oh, yep. Oh, so you're not on your, uh, clicky? The clicky mouse? Yeah. Because we click so much on this show. Yeah, I mean... Or at least I do. I mean, we all do. I'm pretty sure. Ah, ah, ah. Oof. Uh, I have a little spot on the side of my monitor that I put this in, but there's another monitor on the other side of it, so I kind of really have to wiggle my hand in there. We're good. Okay, we're good. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that in. Let let folks. This happens often. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, uh, what am I doing? Uh, anyway, uh, Egale, describing from top to bottom. So starting with the head. So the head on this unit is almost like a... The head is a hammer. (laughs) Almost, right? Like, the end of Mm -hmm. a hammer. It's got these three blunt horns on there. uh, One on either side and a bigger one in the middle. That are like, you know, these like blunt... They they look... What are those candies? They look like... The the, the shape is what I would describe as like looking like a specific candy. Or like a flan, maybe. Looks like a flan also. Okay, I guess I can see that. Um... Well, because they, they they're like cylinders that like have a ha, they, they they taper inwards towards the end, you know. Um, sure. But uh, it has three of these: one large one in the center, and one on either side on the outside. Uh, then it's got like the rest of the top of the head is just like this round piece. Uh, it then has a faceplate uh, located below it that is clearly like a different metal piece, and it's just like a fat uh, like not fat a flat uh, plate. Um, running across it, uh, like, very simple in design, um, uh, you have a guard around, like, starting, like, basically a really high collar that is also, like, a big metal, you know, thing, uh, like, going around the back of the head, uh, and, uh, it's, it's weird, (laughs) uh, it's just, it's like, it has just a really, like, high collar, basically, um, going around the back of the head. It's got, like, a little bit of a dip towards the bottom of the neck area, um, but, uh, on the back of it, but otherwise it's also pretty featureless. Uh, you also have what appears to be, like, a weird necklace, and this is, like, the cameras, I- I'm assuming, because it's, like, these two little, uh, like, or not even just two, there's, like, a whole bunch of these, like, little orbs that have, like, a little green dot in the middle, uh, connected via, like, a big black cable running around the throat. Um, and I have to presume these are where the cameras are, because it doesn't have eyes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's got, like, a- so it's got, like, a ring of cameras. Um, it's interesting, because at first they might look like goggles, but when you start realizing they have the bits all around, it almost looks like a, you know, like a monk necklace or something, which is kind of funny, considering what happens with Corin later on. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on to the chest, uh, the chest- is a kind of weird chest. So you've got like a distinct middle red piece running down the middle. Um, 
uh, all the way. Uh, I don't think the cock. Where is the cockpit hatch located on this? Actually, I can't remember. I have no idea where the cockpit hatch is. I don't think it's on the chest. We should. Um, oh, I, I think it's on the it's on the top. It's of the on chest. the top of the chest. Got, okay. Got got art art of Corin here doing his yeah. top of his squat. So yeah. So okay, it's on the top of the chest. It doesn't have a seam line visible in the art either, which is interesting. Um, if you're looking at the artwork. Uh, but uh, yeah. Then each half of the chest, so like each pectoral, is it has like two big red, like a top and bottom bar of red going around an outer, like, set of yellow vents. Um, the the rest of the body shape, like, in the back is kind of normal, like, you know, your flat armor sections that are kind of just standard armor for a mobile suit. Uh, and you even have, like, the two sections of body, like, a lot of, you know, common Okawara designs, uh, just in black. Uh, but, like, the front bar and these, like, the bar above and below the vent are a really weird design. They almost kind of evoke maybe, like, a ribcage or, like, a furrowed brow with, like, two big eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very strange uh, setup. Uh, no backpack to speak of on this design, I should say, also. So the thrusters are just located in the back of the torso. And we have a bit of a spine running down, and it runs down through the waist uh, all the way ending in a sectioned tail. Uh, but it does have, like, a visible, like, you know, spinal column, basically. Uh, mm -hmm. So, moving on uh, to the arms. Uh, the arms, uh, pretty big shoulder armor, uh, pretty standard in shape, but they go out pretty far. And at the base of them, uh, they have, like, these swept back uh, thrusters that are really cool looking. Uh, they're, like, the main thing that make these shoulders kind of, like, stand out to me, is that it has these two, like, you know, uh, two scoops that end in, like, you know, sharp ends, uh, with a thruster located underneath. Um, I like these a lot. Uh, and they have, like, intakes on the front of them. Um, then for the arm- Oh! oh sorry. I'm getting the wiki problem you mentioned. I'm not getting it on this page, but I got it on another one, because I clicked to a more recent, um... Yeah. I, would, I clicked to something from Witch from Mercury because it was in the. I was like, oh, I should actually pull this up since Dylan mentioned it out before we started recording, and it's doing the thing. If I click on an image, it just scrolls. Okay, now it's, whatever. Yeah, whatever. it for whatever reason I was having that issue the other day. It's very strange. Um. Anyway, uh, the arms are pretty simple arms. They're very Okawara of the era. They're the rounded arm with a panel line going down the middle. They're mostly black, so you can barely see even the panel line, but he does put shading so you can tell there's the panel line going down the middle. Very simple block joint. Um, for the lower arm, uh, you've got like a red base of the arm that runs all the way to the wrist, though on the front side of the arm, uh, the armor panel is black, uh, also going to the wrist. So you've got like a black and red uh, like sleeve look going on, which is pretty cool. Um, you also have black elbows. Uh, I believe those are black elbows. Let me see it from the rear, actually, real quick. Uh, yes, the elbows are just, like, big black blocks sticking out of the elbow. Um, then, uh, uh, the hands are just standard hands. Uh, the waist is... So you've got, like, a round... So, it's got a very Gumpla-feeling setup here in a weird way, because, like, the torso, instead of connecting directly into the waist, there's, like, a round red disc at the base of the waist, like, on top. You you see what I mean, right? Where, the, like, mm -hmm, the side skirts yeah. are connected to. It's, like, a very gumpla way of handling this waist to me. Um, which, of course, this does not have a gumpla. Yes, which makes me mad, because um, I love this thing. Um, for the center crotch piece, you do have a yellow, like, cap on top. 
and then a, uh, you have, oh, wait, I think that's the cockpit. Yeah, that's the cockpit, that yellow hatch. Is it? Yeah, because look at the picture of him that you mentioned. Mm, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so the, sorry, this has a, this has a crotch cockpit, like a lot of things in turn A. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, no front skirts, uh, and I also already mentioned the tail that's coming out of the back. There's no other real detail going on on the back of it. Um, it it is, it is, uh, a block, a red block on the back of the waist. Uh, but you do have side skirts that, uh, are pretty neat in design. Uh, they're just two side skirts with, like, a black vernier located in the middle. Um, I, I like the, uh, two, so, like, the... the vernier is in the middle, uh, but the armor on the left and right, uh, on the front and back of this skirt kind of keeps going down, uh, ends in a point, and then it also has a bar connecting the uh, two points, uh, like a little bit above the point, which I I, th- I think looks really cool. I, I I just think the shapes are neat here. Um, mm-hmm. and then on the rear s- skirt, you do have two like rear skirts that also look like they would be thrusters. Uh, they have like a little vent cut into the top and a uh, larger one in the bottom. Uh. Not a lot of description for these. They're just kind of like tall rear skirts uh, with the little vent. They do have a panel line going through them, uh, going across the middle of them. Um, uh, now we get to the legs. This is where things are also a little funky. Uh, so the thighs, uh, very visible. Uh, they look long, even though I know they're not long because of the fact this doesn't have skirts. We talked about that effect before where, oh, you realize when a mobile suit doesn't have a skirt that it makes the legs look way longer than they actually mm-hmm. are. Um, and this is another one of those cases. Uh, it has these two red caps on the top of the thigh, uh, but the rest of the thigh is mostly just, like, a black square. You know, like, squared off piece connecting into the joint. Very simple. Um, you do have some weird looking... You have some funky looking knees here, right? Very square. And they seem to have... They have, like, an indentation in the middle of the square. Um, on the top and the front of the knee there. Um, you've got, like this red armor on the calves that are like very much looks like two halves there's like a thick panel line in the middle these have thrusters like little slit thrusters in the sides of them there's also like a square thruster on the back of the legs along with a red plate of armor uh right below the joint on the back of the leg uh the rest of the calf uh on the lower part is black connecting into the the end of the leg is actually red again and it has like two little scoops going on uh at the end on the bottom uh, no ankle guard or anything like that. Uh, very tall, weird-looking feet. So the feet have, like, this little bump of armor in the middle of the foot. The feet are mostly black. Um, and it, it's almost standing on its toes, like, its tiptoes, because it has two yellow toes on the front and one yellow heel on the back. And the toes are, like, two-section, you know, like, they have, like, a distinct section sectioning going on in the middle where it changes the angle. So it looks like it's kind of, like... You know, it's got, like, weird bird feet, is what it has. And, yeah. Uh, the Egale. Uh, this has another mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has what is called its running mode. And what its running mode is, is... It's Garwalk. Kind of. <laughs> uh, so, we find out, through the way this running mode is implemented, the, uh, tail, uh, go, it gets a little shorter. I believe it just pokes up into the head a bit more. Uh, the mm-hmm. head stretches out, revealing that it has a long neck, and that the head is just like a hammer head, basically, or like some kind yeah. of bludgeon. Um, so this sort of neck and spine and tail is all just one long piece. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it just kind of has the arms there. The arms don't really do anything special. It does lean forward. Uh, this is why it doesn't have any front skirts. It's so it can, like, lean the waist all the way down, too. Uh, that mm-hmm. way it also has the thrusters from the side and rear skirt pointing back. And also, the you, you learn that the knees are, like, an extension, kind of. Like, they're attached to the joint there. So, like... They allow, like, if you look at the way the legs are extended there, it's like the knees are actually like an extra joint, so the legs kind of like fold a little weirdly. And then mm-hmm. it just, it still runs on those same feet. It does, not, nothing changes on the foot, other than you see that the toes can move. Because the back one has them like folded. And yeah, uh, it is a weird, it turns into a weird raptor, basically. It's maybe the best it's- way I could describe it. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very similar to a machine I'm pretty sure we talked about, the WAD, which also has, like, the spine yeah. uh, that mm-hmm. it can use to, like, move the head around, but it's on a much larger scale mobile suit. I love this. Uh, this machine fucking rules. Uh, other cool things about this machine are its armaments. Uh, so the head crusher is mentioned, which is to say that is its head. It can ram with the head because it's on a metal spine that it can whip around, you know? Um... It also has the Minchi drill, which is basically a mining drill that is actually an Oni club. Um, you know, it's got all these, like, vibrating sections of spikes all over it. Uh, I believe it's called a drill because I do think the end of it can spin, like, the very end. Uh, it, but it's, it's, it's like a rock-crushing drill that is used as a handheld weapon. Uh, and he, of course, he holds it like an Oni club. He holds it over the shoulder, typically. Uh, what is that? Like a Kanabo or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, it does have a beam rifle. It has a weird beam rifle because it's a, it is the Sumo's beam rifle, but it's like a little longer than the Sumo beam rifle. And it has a much smaller circle that the hand connects into. Uh, like, you know, fitted for the hands of this machine because this is like a normal mobile suit, relatively speaking, uh, compared to, the, yeah. you know, Sumo's rather large uh, wrists and hands. So that's pretty cool. Um, overall, this is a really neat suit. It doesn't really, it gets destroyed relatively quickly, um, because it does fall into a fucking volcano and into lava. Um, I believe it's only around for like three episodes or so, and I believe it disappears for one episode in between those, so, you know, um, it doesn't get to stick around very much, but it is really cool. I do really like this design. I think the Minchie drill is cool. I like the weird alternate mode it has, like the weird raptor running mode. Um, mm-hmm. We also have actually an earlier design for this, so we'll talk about that um, before moving on to talking about the Gozo and Godwin. Uh, so for the earlier design, um, it's it's really interesting because it looks like it has some of the same gimmicks, but it's a much more normal design in some ways. It looks, it, like, especially the head, I mean, I guess only the head, right? Because it's got, like, it's got, like, a Hyzak shoulder shield, right? Yeah, it's, um, like, the long shoulder shield, and then it has, like, the the hammer head from the final design is actually on the other shield. Instead of having spikes on it, like a Zaku, it has these, like, little blunted ends. Right, um, right. Um, but then its head is, like, it feels very, like, like pat laborish to me, right? Uh, to me, what this evokes to me is, like, some of the designs from uh, SPT Lasner. Because it has this, like, array of, like, sensors going on on the uh, left side. Like, it has, like, three sensors on that side. Mm-hmm. And I think it might only have one on the other. Uh, we don't really have good art of it, but it looks like it would just be a circle. I think it would be an asymmetrical head just looking at this. Um, 
And yeah, that part of it definitely doesn't look uh, pat labor. I just don't have the the reference for for yeah. Lazner. That's not a touchstone for me. That's fair. Um, until honestly, until I, it comes out on discotheque Blu-ray later yeah, this year. Yeah, I, I, I know everyone was Woo. excited for that. Um, yeah, which you know, uh, it just reminds me of like that era of like some of Okawara's grunts. Like another good example would be um, some of the ones from uh, what is it, uh, Dragonar. Uh, I hate them whenever I look up Dragon Art pops up with Dragon Art Academy, which is not the one I am interested in. It is uh, it has no relation. Um, Dragon Art. Uh, I can't remember what the grunts are called in that. Uh, oh, right, I have this art saved. Why am I looking it up on the internet? I'm an insane person for do- for doing this. Um, ridiculous of me. Um, I'll just send it to you on uh on Discord. Uh, it, it just evokes, like, a very specific era of Okawara, which is funny because it is made in, you know, like, 1999 or whatever for turn A. Uh, maybe 1998 when he's working on, like, this early version, but, uh, like, it's it's a weird design to see out of him in this era. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, like, here. Here's a here's an example of what I mean. Like, he, he really liked in, like, oh, the late sure. 80s doing these, like, weird camera setups a lot. I, I guess you could argue that they started with Vodum's. But with Vodums, I I think of them in a very specific way with Vodums because they have, like, that bar that they move along in Vodums, whereas, like, in this, it's just, like, on the head, you know? It's just asymmetrical, mm-hmm. weird eyes happening. Um, but, uh, yeah, it also has, like, on the head, two, like, two, like swept-back ears, and it has a, a still has the flat face, but it has a jaw guard, so it looks like it's got kind of, like, a big chin. Uh, the mm-hmm. neck is still segmented, so I think it still had the stretchy head feature. Uh, not only because the head is segmented, but you can see it still has that same tail on the yeah. back. Um, the chest is still the same setup as the normal, though it looks much more like uh, the Death Scythe Hell ribs here. It doesn't mm-hmm. have the vents in between them, it's just the uh, bars. Um, it also feels like it just overall has more of like a, a barrel chest in a way that the, the real... The- shipped eagle doesn't yeah i also think the cockpit is probably on top of the chest looking at how there's like an absence of doors here because it doesn't have it on the crotch that's a thruster um yeah and you mentioned the shoulder shields uh the arms are a bit rounder uh the the joints in particular which is funny because these are not reminding me of an okawara joint these remind me of like the victory gundam's joints like these circular joints with like the little you know, circle detail there. It reminds me of, like, the Victory's arms. And that's Ishigaki, is that right? No, uh, the Victory is, um, Katoki. Hajime Katoki really? did the original Victory in the V2, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, Ishigaki did the, uh, Zanscare designs, many of those. Uh, gotcha. and Okawara okay. did, like, the Gun Easy, but, uh, the Victory itself, that was, uh, that was Katoki. Uh, Hajime Katoki. Um, but yeah, so... The arms kind of remind me of that. And then, like, when you hit the waist, so it has a thruster in the middle. Still doesn't have the skirts, probably, because it has the same gimmick, I imagine. Or maybe a similar gimmick. Uh, it's hard to tell, but there is a weird thing going on with the feet, I'll mention. So, when you hit the legs, the thighs and the side skirts and stuff, like, the detailing on these remind me a lot of, like, again, more early 90s or late 80s uh, Okawara. Like, you know, like the F90 era stuff, kind of. Sure, yeah. Um... You have these knees with, like, you know, little vents in the sides of them. Uh, it has bigger vents on the outside of the calves here. Uh, the feet are where it gets real weird because they... So they have tubes, and this is also kind of what reminds me of the F90 is him having the gratuitous tubes in the uh, feet here. Um, mm-hmm. 
But, like, you can see that it still has, like, a cleft set of toes, right? Like, it's two separate toes on the front. And I wonder if, like, the two toes and maybe, or maybe, like, the middle of the heel on the back, given the way it's drawn, like, would extend or, like, if they can, like, if it can walk more on its toes. Um, because it does have a tail. We can't see the other parts of the back of this, but it does have that, you know, like, that spine tail. And it has, like, the weird layers on the neck. So it feels like it would still have that same running gimmick. Maybe not quite in the same way, but it feels like it would have to have something like that. Um... Weird early version of this design. It's still, still pretty cool, actually, but uh, I think the final design's a little cooler. Mostly because I like the head having no eyes whatsoever. Um, and then, alright, let's talk about these guys. Uh, so, you mentioned Ishigaki, and I believe Ishigaki worked on one of these, which is funny because they're upgrades but uh, of one another, like the Gozo and the Godwin. But I know the Gozo and the Godwin are actually designed by different people, which I find kind of funny. Huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, but we'll start with the Gozo, which shows up first. Uh, these are Jacob and Bruno's units. Uh, these, you know, those two clowns. Uh, everyone loves them. Uh, uh, and they are basically these weird, like, little guys that accompany... They're, they're like, they accompany the E-Gale. They're blue, so maybe, like, they kind of fit with the, maybe the Oni theming a little bit. Because I, f- I feel like there's an Oni theme going on with the E-Gale, especially with having the club. And these are, like, mm-hmm. weird little, like, imps or goblins or something hanging out with it. Well, that's part of why I think uh, I, I like describing the bumps on the eagle's head as, as like, cut-off horns. That's because the only thing. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I can see that. Um, the Gozo here is a cool little guy, though. So, for the head, you've got this uh, weird little, like, so it's a, like, circular head. Um, it's, in, it's inlaid in the chest, kind of, like... Or more accurately, this has, like, a tall back, right? Is mm-hmm. maybe the better way of putting it. Uh, oh, great. I'm having the wiki issue now, too, damn it. Or I'm trying to open something. Um, anyway, uh, the uh, head on it is, like, it has these black lines on either side of the head that, uh, you know, meet towards, like, these little square camera eyes. So it has two eyes, weirdly, but they're, like, these weird little square camera eyes. It also has a forehead uh, gem that is kind of tall. It almost has, like, a, what would appear to be a periscope camera <laughs> is on the top of the head. It's kind of weird. Because um, it's just a very tall, like, piece on the top of the head there. Um, luckily, mm-hmm. I have MHQ open, so I can still open the main image bigger. Um, uh, then you, around the mouth, uh, you have, like, an inlaid chin that has some vents on it. Um, for the torso itself, uh, you have... a. Um, if you were to remove the head, it would still be very egg-shaped, uh, this torso. It's a like a malformed egg or something. It's very round. Uh, the head is, like, located in a recess on the front that is um, mostly gray, though it does have, I believe, the cockpit hatch, which is, like, some green glass on the left side, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I just like the asymmetry going on with the cockpit there. Um, then you have blue parts for the rest of the, uh, like, the chest area. Uh, that have a, it has vents in the, like, on the front bottom of the chest. Uh, the blue runs around toward the back. Um, the joints that the arms connect into are more gray areas, and they have, like, these vents sticking out of the top and bottom, weirdly. Uh, it also has, for the torso part that connects into the waist, it only, it, it, no, it does have two sections, but the top one's very big and the bottom one's really small. Um, but it does have, like, two little sections of torso connecting into the waist. Um, this the the effect of this silhouette 
is it looks like a cartoon, like, big muscle guy in overalls. It looks like the Despicable Me guy. Yeah, or in some ways, because of the the scaling on this, like the way the legs and arms are scaled, it feels like you content-aware scaled this guy. <laughs> in some ways. It's really hmm. weird to me. Like, well, because, like, these arms feel like the arms of a bigger mobile suit, but then the hands are tiny. Uh, which we'll talk about in a sec. Or, like, the legs are, like, designed like normal mobile suit legs, even though they are short. Um, it's very strange. Um, but, yeah, the, the color blocking does evoke, like, yeah, a guy in, like, a wrestling, like, you know, tank top. Uh, like, a tight wrestling tank top and, like, some blue shorts on the beach. Kicking sand and into your face or whatever. <laughs> For the shoulders, um... Asymmetrical shoulders. The right shoulder is just a blue piece of armor. Uh, just has like a little uh, hexagonal detail on it uh, that is like at the base of it. Uh, then uh, the other shoulder is uh, dark or light gray and is like also kind of like the Hyzak custom shoulder shield where it's like the shoulder shield that hangs down really low. Uh, and it has these three gigantic spikes on it, actually, like compared to like Zaku shoulder shields. Like these are very long spikes. Um, also has, mm -hmm. like, that hexagonal, uh, or I guess it's not a hexagon. How many sides is that? One, two, three, four, five. Uh, pentagonal, uh, detail at the base of it, which I imagine matches on both shoulders. It's just, you know, different color. Uh, and you can't see the whole, uh, right one that well, uh, from the angle of the settee. Uh, the upper arm is, like, same kind of Okawara arm. It's an upper arm that has a panel line down the middle and, like, a little vent on the outside, like, on the bicep, uh, top of the arm. It's very thin, especially in contrast to the rest of the arm. Mm -hmm. And then you have a really tiny joint, like an absolutely tiny joint connecting the upper arm to the lower arm. But then the lower arm is gigantic. Like the base of the lower arm is this rounded gray piece that connects into what are just giant cubic, like, beat-em-up arms. Like they're just big. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's just big robotic cubes. They have a bunch of like little lines and like details on them, like some extra like bolt like bolted down bits uh going on. Uh you know, you got like these three hole cuts in there. Uh at the base of the wrist where the hands are, you've got uh these four holes around the hand. Uh and then the hand comes out and the hand is also tiny though. The hand is really small. Um and uh yeah, so it's got this really small hand uh, that is just a normal hand. Uh, moving on to the waist, then, you've got a crotch piece with a thruster on the bottom. Uh, the side, it, it doesn't have front skirts. It does have, uh, I mean, it's got, like, a little bit of, like, armor at the top there, but it's not, I wouldn't really call it a skirt. Uh, it does have side skirts, though, um, mm -hmm. which are just uh, kind of standard, you know, blocks. They're not, they're not very complicated. Uh no real rear skirt, um, but it does have, like, you know, a little bit more blue armor at the top of the leg there, and then also, uh, it's got, like, a little hatch on the back of the, like, butt of the unit. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> then, like, the legs. So, the upper thigh, again, seems like it would be almost scaled for a normal mobile suit, up until you reach the end where it connects into the joint where, like, there's a little panel line in the middle, and that, that part is much smaller than expected. Connecting into a very small joint, uh, which goes into these legs, and the the legs have... I I need to see an animation, actually. I'm curious. Are the, are the knees meant to be different colors? 
because they are in the sete and they are on both mm -hmm. the scan that's on the wiki and the scan on MAHQ, which is very evidently a different scan, like from a different source. I don't know if this is a case where the sete is always colored incorrectly or if this is actually an animation, what they're meant to be. I'm going to look it up real quick because I'm really curious. Uh, I do have turn A saved, so let me just find that turn A Gundam. Um, let's see, Corin called mm, it Gundam. They're shown this way in animation as well. Okay, so they do have. Okay, weird. So the knees are asymmetrical. They have a gray knee on the left uh, knee, and then a blue knee on the right side, which is very strange uh, to me, at least. Uh, yeah. Just like because it, it's not like the kind of part you would expect to be asymmetrical i guess i guess it matches in a way the shoulder or yeah the shoulder armor though because it does have the shoulder armor wherein you know uh, the shoulder armor is also blue and gray um I, I think there's also like another i mean this this design is this design is intentionally slapstick right yeah yeah. It is four slapstick characters and it is itself a slapstick machine. And I think part of the asymmetry there is that um, it also has that on the legs, right? Where it has the blue plate over one, but not over the other. It's gray on the other. Oh, yeah, I didn't notice yeah. that on the upper thigh. Yes. Uh, and huh. And it is also like, I think the reason it doesn't have front skirts is because its legs are so stubby. It has to over move them to walk. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, the, the calves themselves have, like, a little cut on the top of them, like, a little vent cut. Um, the back of the legs have, like, a little vent cut on the very back as well that might be a thruster. Uh, and then you've got, so you've got ankle armor that almost feels like very classic Gundam ankle armor, you know, like, the standard shape going on where it's covering the sides and then the front. Uh, but then these feet are very long. Um, they, they almost look like they're wearing sandals, right? Because they've mm -hmm. got, like, these... You've got a lot of gray inner frame of the foot, but then there's like a blue bar in the middle that's like a sandal strap. And then, you know, the bottom of his, of the uh, foot there is blue on the front and it has a blue heel. Um, and then finally, the back of this unit is a lot. So the backpack, it's not really much of a backpack. It's more integrated into the torso. But so there are thrusters on the bottom, like around the back. Uh, and then it has this whole big connection on the back for connecting uh, this giant cannon it is a rail gun uh mm -hmm. a large rail gun uh on the back which is it looks pretty cool actually i like the design of this gun um uh i don't know if the back can swivel because it almost looks like it would be a turret right yes it can okay uh yeah because that's like a swivel turret it has uh the three smoke dispensers kind of on one side or like chaff dispensers kind of look um and then yeah the other side though you've got the this huge railgun that is, like, very square, which is, like, a thing I associate with railguns because, you know, you have two big metal square rails, generally. Uh, it does look mm -hmm. like it has two barrels, weirdly. Um, uh, it doesn't... It, it folds together. Oh, they fold together. So right together. there it is collapsed, and the front folds down and snaps into place. Okay, do we have a picture, of, a good picture of that? Uh, I mean, I have a, a video you could check out. Oh, yeah, like that. It's a like short that. video, but it is, oh, is I it believe the... it is the video that was originally yes. used on the Gundam Wiki before all their links broke. Yes, this is the, uh, the, the, and also before, uh, Gundam Info, I believe, took down all of these, like, little info videos. Oh, that is long. Okay, I could, I'm surprised they didn't remember this. God. I wonder if some of this animation, though, looking at the start, I'm wondering if some of this is, like, extra animation from the movie. Because I know the movie's added some, like, weird animation, because I feel like I would have made a gif of that. <laughs> yeah, I think some of it must be, because there's, also because there's just more animation of this thing that I remember there being. <laughs> yeah. 
I might need to download those movies just to get that because yeah, um, I I the railgun's cool, and it actually yeah. does like railgun things. Like it has like a big electromagnetic like charge running up the rail, uh, while it's firing, and it like leaves this like electric tearing in the air when it fires. This is really cool, actually. What a cool gun for what a for, like a weird little guy. Um, yeah, it's what it's all about. Uh, I like I like the way it folds also a lot. I always like uh, when you have the folding barrels like that. So if you're watching this video, I'll um, uh, if you just if it. you just uh, yeah, I can link it. You can also just you know like search YouTube for Turn A Gozo, but um, I'll I'll link it just to be nice anyway. There is a great bit of animation when they're moving. There's one part where one of them is moving where it is cartoon anime girl waving its arms really fast to very keep its good. balance. It's very good. It's, it's extremely good. Up oh, there hiding Tedith there. I also like the way that they use the gun folded up, pointed down as, like, a tail for balance when they're moving sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can see it, like, on the back folded. That's really cool. Damn, cool machines for being also cartoons. I should uh -huh. say, these are designed by Okawara originally, these ones. The um, thing is, cartoons are fucking great. Yeah, no, these guys are great, though. Uh, they also have the spike shield, and it mentions the 14-tube micro-missile launcher. I believe these are handheld at one yeah, point. Yeah, those by. are in the arms. Actually, oh, like they built are into the arms. arms. Let me see. I'm going to zoom through this video and try to find it when it uses them. I don't know if you're going to see it, but... Is it very quick? They are... I just don't know that it has, it has it in this video. They are built into the forearms. I know from... Oh, okay. You do get it. Yeah, it is very... No, never mind. That I thought I had it. I did not. Um, I just know this from, from doing the reading, Dylan. Um, <laughs> that... Uh, it has them built in the forearms of where it says they are, and then when you move on to its its successor, the Godwin, because it replaces the arms, it no longer has them. Okay, so there are in the arms. Maybe it's those barrels at the end. Well, no, because it I says mean, it says fourteen tube, so these have to. Yeah, open. I assume it. I assume it's just that hatch look opens up. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Weird. What I mean, like if you look at it, it's not like a normal. Like very often, you have armor on the arms. And stuff where it looks like two pieces, like you know, snap together. But this has a very clear door look, like yeah, the snap like together the part is sectioned like off. Um, so, and you can even see like those outer, like little bolted down parts look like hinges, kind of mm -hmm. remind me of like you know stuff on you know some other designs that do that. I guess it just puts the boxes on the ground or like holds the arms down and fires them because the way the doors open, unless they're doing like a vertical launch. You just kind of have the arms, like, straight down while firing forward, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, what a weirdo. What a weird little guy. It's really cool, though. Um, yeah. Less cool, unfortunately, is the more cartoony unit they get later, the Godwin. Mm -hmm. So the Godwin, still piloted by Jacob and Bruno. Corin uh, Nander also pilots one at one point. Uh, and the Godwin is a much more scaled-down unit. Uh, the... Militia ended up repairing the Gozos after, because they get damaged. Um, obviously, the Militia on Earth in Turn A does not have the power to make a railgun. So instead, they just replace it with, a, like, an anti-aircraft cannon is basically mounted now on the back. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's not, like, on the big turret mechanism. It's just kind of, like... It, the backpack mount reminds me of the, um... Like the Gelgu cannon or something like that style of shoulder cannon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it has like a belt of ammo going into it because this is like an anti-aircraft gun. So, um, so it also the arms have now been so it loses the spike shoulder. Uh, the shoulder armor is now just like very plain squares, 
And also, the forearms are actually from the Borgernon. These these are Zaku arms now put onto this. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the side skirts have been replaced. Seemingly, it looks like they're not they're not as like like the original ones have like a little bit of a scoop, so they would kind of like block a little bit of the front of the legs. These are just plates, like flat plates for the side skirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thighs and the knees are now all painted gray, as are the lower legs. For some reason, these have giant toes. Apparently, this was actually to give it a better balance. Uh, apparently, this MS actually works generally better on the ground than the Gozo did, ironically enough, because it has better overall balance because it's not ha- it doesn't have these like weird weapons uh, that are yeah, too and big it's for not, it, and it has these big cause feet. The, yeah, because the Gozo is designed for space, and as as you as we mentioned, it has tiny little stubby legs and is incredibly top heavy, and so it was just ridiculously unstable. Yep, and this one, meanwhile, yeah, you just got these, it, it, it can run around on these big toes. The uh, turret can still move up and down, it looks like, just cannot move side to side, but it can move up and down on the mount. Um, and uh, other, like, minor changes are mostly just, like, little color things, like the eyes are now red, as is the uh, forehead camera. Mm-hmm. Um, does also have a heat hawk, which, you know, they probably also got from Borgernon. Uh, this was d- designed by uh, Junya Ishigaki. Apparently. Uh, now, this is an interesting one, because MAHQ does have it as Kunio Okawara, but I may need to submit a correction, because I believe in my Ishigaki book that it does actually have him as the design for this. Let me double check, though. Uh, just because, you know, always good to make sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Let me find the turn A section at the start. Uh, also by Ishigaki in the show, the peerless Canon Ilafuto. Uh, which ah, that one's great. Is also a cool suit. He did a really good job of mimicking Sid Mead with that one, I think, because uh, that mm-hmm. one feels like a Sid Mead suit. Um, hold on, 1999. This is by years, so I should be able to find it here. There's Xeno Gears. Ah, Turn A Gundam. Yes, uh, here we have the Godwin down here. This is actually by Junior Ishigaki. Uh, I will send that probably just to Chris right now. Um, uh, just because, you know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so this is just like a repair unit, right? It, that's basically all it is. It's the the Godwin is the Gaza repair. Um, and ironically, tends to work as a better mobile suit on the ground just because it's not this unbalanced, messy weirdo. Which, here's the mm-hmm. other thing. These look short, but they're, they're actually not like as cartoonishly short as you think because their head height is apparently 16 meters. Yeah. Now uh, that probably still is counting the like you know the the little like periscope, but these would be as tall as like the F ninety one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their proportions are fucking weird. Um, but yeah, I do think I like the Gozo more just for having the railgun, and I sometimes inherently just like an unbalanced design more. But I see where they're going with the Godwin, um, even if it's a little more toned down on purpose. Uh- I mean, it also feels like the Godwin is, like, you know, I don't want to, like, I'm not trying to make any accusations, but I feel like it is probably easier to animate, and also I think it catches less attention visually in a way that they want at that point, right? Yes. They're like, and at this point, these guys are kind of fading in the background of the narrative, and so we want a suit that doesn't catch the eye as much. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, overall, uh, all three of these units are great in their own ways. I like them. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, oh, also, fun fun one from the Ishigaki art here in the book uh, is I, I like seeing that it can fire the cannon and it has these giant shell casings just kind of pop out of the side there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I always, I always like that. Um, but uh, yeah, um, that's it uh, for this week, I think. No, we still got one oh, left to cover. Don't you remember? Oh fuck! Right, we're gonna talk about a gun. Because you want to talk about the M1 <laughs> Garand. I mean, I can make it quick. We don't need to do the whole like kit and caboodle. It's just listen. The the M1 Garand is a real is a real landmark moment for weapons design. I would say. Okay. You go through. Um, you you lead this one because I don't know gun the way you know gun. You know gun more than I know gun. I mean, so I I guess I'm not going to talk about it as much visually. If you look at this, this is a, you know, a, like, metal parts and set into a wood frame, right? It's got a wood stock with a metal cap on the end. Um, You have wooden hand grips. Uh, the, The main thing about this is this is, like, this is a very early, like, large caliber, uh, semi-automatic rifle, right? Um... And I think, I don't know, like, it, it is a gas-operated weapon at a time where bolt action is sort of the, is sort of the you know, the, the, the thing everyone is using. And it's also kind of famously, like, it was such a workhorse, but also had such iconic flaws. I want to talk about things like uh, Garand Thumb, right? Do you know Garand Thumb? No. I assume it's um, the thumb you get from using the M1 Garand. From using it improperly, but a lot of people used it improperly. Yeah, the way um, it loads, if you look at... Let's get you a, a good shot here. Um, all, all the images I'm going to use, you can just pull from the M1 Garand's Wikipedia page. So, basically, it is. Um, you, it doesn't use magazines. It uses clips, right? Stripper clips. So, it has a, a piece of metal that you load the shells into that holds them in place. Okay. End block, as it's called. Um, and you push it in the top right um and there is a like basically there is like a spring loaded part that you that holds it in place that you pull back and then shove it in and when you pull the part back it locks into place the part that's covering it but when you push it down if you don't do it right if your thumb is too far back when the clip hits the bottom, it triggers the spring mechanism to fly forward and lock in place and get your thumb real good. <clears throat> Ooh, yeah, that... Ow. Big pinchy. Yeah, big pinch. Um, um, no, I, I'm not aware of any instances of it being, like, truly, like, horrifically bad. Just, like, like... Ow. You know, you're going to spend a couple I mean, of days, like, anytime you use your thumb going, ah, fuck. Yeah, this is probably not good in the middle of war, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the middle of specifically um, World War Two, because, you know... Right, right. Um, the other thing that's iconic about it, if you've played any World War II shooters, is the iconic uh, ejection. Because when it when it um, shot its eight shots of, of of ammunition, then it will eject the now empty metal clip, right? Mm-hmm. And it does this by having basically it releases the 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 the, the grip on top, as you'd imagine, and then from the bottom, a spring loaded part smacks it out. Mm. And it made a very iconic, loud ping sound. Mm, okay. Um, if you play any World War II shooter, you will hear the like 
it's it's also it's not entirely accurate you know like a lot of it is exaggeration but the gas firing mechanism of it it had a very iconic like patom 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 sound and then at the end when you ran out patom patom ping um okay hold on <clears throat> i found a video called m1 garand ping so i'm gonna quickly listen to this also very loud when you pull back that uh loading mechanism even mm-hmm Alright, cycling through with the ammo. And then... Ah, yes, okay, I know that. I, I thought I didn't know it, but then I heard that, and I'm like, oh, okay, yes, because a big yeah, metal you... thing falls onto the ground and makes this loud, and is bouncing off more metal, and is, yes, okay. Yeah, you know that sound. Okay, now, yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> in, a, in a video game? This will be your cue as as someone fighting against someone with a Garand, like, okay, they're out of ammo charge. Um, this is based on a real fear that American soldiers had that, like, oh, man, the Germans are going to hear this ping. And, like, the moment they hear it, we're fucked. That feels like such a, like, what a minor thing to plan for, though, right? Because like, uh, there's obviously going to be multiple guys with M1 Garands, like... Exactly. It's not this like the was whole... not a real. This was not a real problem. <laughs> yeah, no, that feels like a ridiculous <laughs> thing to think is a problem. Oh man, are are they like going? This is World War Two. They're not in like you know cavalry musket lines all firing at once. Uh, there's all... you might be out, but there's maybe like five other guys with you that are not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and very often, also, the sound doesn't carry as well as you think, and also, it usually would land on mud. Yeah, I was gonna say, also, the video I watched, so it makes, like, a bit of a ping when it comes out of the gun, right? And it, obviously, when it lands on hard floor, but where are you battling on hard floor? Like, maybe in a I city- I mean, there'd be places- I guess in a city- you build emplacements and stuff, too. Okay, but I have to imagine, though, and that only applies to about half the environments you're in, because if you're in, like- you know, outside and there is grass or, you know, whatever. It's not going to actually ping all that loud hitting the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what was actually a thing is this uh, gun famously had a, you know, an eight-round clip. Mm-hmm. And in World War II, Japanese soldiers would count and then charge. Oh, okay. Uh, and this, the, the problem for them, alas, is, let me find you... The M1 carbine, or carbine if you prefer. Mm. Um, this is the, I don't know if you'd say successor. It is It is another weapon that is being used. It comes out later in the war and is used alongside it. Uh, the carbine uh, is, a carbine, I do actually know, I think, right, is usually when you cut down the barrel of a rifle, right? It, I mean, it is built to be shorter, yes, generally yeah. speaking. Um, it is not a carbine. Oh, this is not a carbine, though. It's called the M1 carbine. I mean, you could debatably call it a carbine, but it's pretty much just a full rifle. This is, okay, uh, I was going to say, is this like one of those things where they're fudging the measurements in such a way, like, because I, I know I know enough about gun stuff also to know that, like, people who collect guns and, like, try to figure out whether things are legal or illegal uh, start doing these ridiculous, like, ah, well, technically this fits within the law of this or whatever, and this this sounds like that might yeah, be Yeah, I mean... It. This was army use, so that wasn't really their concern so much. I think this is more. Uh, I don't a case know. The, the U.S. likes to break like certain Geneva conventions and whatnot. But they didn't exist yet. Oh right, this of course. Was, this is World War II. This was still. them coming up with all this Duh, stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, like, this is a case where, and I'm sure there are people who would say, "Of course, the M1 carbine was a carbine. Don't be dumb to me." Right? I, I, 
think it's too big to be a real carbine, but it doesn't really matter. Um, point is, you could argue either way. Um, but the thing is, this started coming out, so this weapon was mostly in service, you know, like, after 1942, right? So it didn't see too much service in German, in, the, like, the German front, right? Because mm, the war was winding Pacific, down. I assume. Right. And Where also... Japanese soldiers had learned to count for eight shots. I was and about to say, has, this has a clip. Yeah. Yeah, and 15 or 30 shots, depending. Oh, oh no. It well, went I mean, quite bad for not, them. Not that I'm they supporting the Japanese either, but, you know, like, in World War II, but, like, oh, no. Well, it's sad to hear about someone's strategy to win getting them killed. Yes. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> yeah. oh no, in a general sense. Uh huh. Um, uh huh. See, because I am me, I the, the the weapons I know of World War like World War Two era are all like me going ah. I think that more mobile suits should use weapons based on Soviet weapons. I think that a mobile suit should have a fucking Papa Shaw or something. Sure. Sure. Um, or, uh, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, or, or an the M1 Papa Shaw would make sense. The Papa Shaw would make sense for, to use against, like, a Comfer, but, like, that thing was, uh, low caliber. No, but it, it was low caliber, but, you know, how much caliber do you need to go through, through a human? Also, how, how fast is that fire? No, of course. I, I, I mean, I think that the Papa Shaw... The history of weapons development has taught us that the Papa Shaw actually fired way too fast and yeah. was inefficient for that. But the problem really is that I'm talking about mobile suits. And if you yes. design a similar style of weapon against a lot of things, it's going to bounce off. Though, you know what an example of that is that actually does happen in early UC history? Uh, Are you talking about the Alex? No, the MMP80 during the universe. Uh, the, when they so with 0080, like having like that. Oh, the universal weapon plan thing, right? Um, mm -hmm. The MMP80 machine gun that they've upgraded to on like the Zaku's and even some of the Doms and whatnot. Uh, the whole idea is that it is actually a lower caliber uh, bullet than the 120 millimeter Zaku 2 machine gun, but the bullets are designed to do more penetration. Well, and also 120 is unhinged. Uh, 120 millimeter is, yeah, probably a bit unhinged. The MMP-80 is a 90 millimeter. Uh, it has a greater firing speed and more penetration. Uh, it doesn't hold as many rounds per magazine, but it also uses a magazine instead of a drum, which... Uh, drums are that thing where, as I've learned in history, I think look really cool on a gun, but I've learned apparently drums are a little unreliable at times. They're, they can be useful, but it's like they're big and heavy. Right, and the the spr you often have spring issues with them pushing the magazines because you're act asking us one spring to do so much. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but yes, uh, all right. Uh, so uh, any so uh, just because I'm curious though, is the M1 carbine does it still fire the same ammo as the M1 Garand? No, it does not. It uses uh, it uses a like lower like a less um, a less propelled version, like lower um, velocity version of the round, right? Mm -hmm. um, because this is another lesson of of World War Two is that once you start getting higher firing rates, you can get away with much like bolt action rifles needed really pretty high caliber rounds, pretty powerful shots because you're only going to get so many chances to hit. You needed that hit to really count, right? Mm -hmm. 
But once you're firing automatic, it gets really wasteful. And so that's when the carbine, they start like eventually the, the, um, both of them are, are calibered for a 30 caliber. They're different 30 caliber rounds. And when Garand is using 30 out six Springfield, um, the carbine is using 30 carbine. That is 0. 0.30. The weapons we use these days mostly, right? Like the M4 and M16 use 0. 0.223, significantly smaller. Mm hmm. I feel like once you start making the bigger ammo, that's when you start going, okay, these aren't for fighting people, but you start getting things like, I don't know, the PTRS, where you're designing a rifle that is meant to be anti-materiel at that point, like to go through tanks and metal equipment and whatnot. Do you know how big the PTRS's round is? Uh, I actually do not. Uh, I assume pretty large. I mean, it's a, it's a very, I know it has a very long barrel. I've seen how it looks like with a person next to it. Um... But I actually don't know how big the bullet is. So if you were con- to convert it to caliber, it would be about 60 caliber. That's pretty um, big. About twice as big as the Garand. Yeah, yeah. it's significant. And, and also, I'm, it's, I'm uh, assuming has... that it also probably has more propellant and whatnot because it's meant to pierce through, you know, tanks and whatnot. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's lots of that. Do not fire this so... at a person. You fire this at a tank. Um I mean, yeah. I guess you could fire in that war. I guess you could fire it at a person, theoretically, in World War II. It wouldn't be a war crime, but it, it seems like it would be a, almost a little wasteful to fire that at yeah. a person. Yeah, it would be a, a bad use of, of your resources, I think. Yeah. Though well, also, I mean, you know, listen, not to be a hater, right? Uh-huh. But the anti-tank rifle, d- these days we have similar weapons we call anti-material rifles, right? Uh-huh. Where it's like... You know, as an example, you might want to break someone's radio, right, that you can see, right? So you shoot their radio or something. The idea of using this against a tank was kind of a desperate move. Mm -hmm. Because, okay, I'm going to send you a picture. Let's see. Uh, This is a German Panzer III. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell me where you are going to put one bullet and stop the tank. Ooh. Well, that would take <laughs> knowledge of tank anatomy that I do not have. I I presume what you would want to do, actually, is probably design a bullet uh, that would penetrate and then maybe bounce on the inside, not keep penetrating. You don't want it to go all the way through. Uh, For I, World you, War II, this is a huge ask. Yeah. I, I, I My presumption would be you would want to design a, an ammo that would actually... Um, that would kill the crew rather than actually, like, you know, obviously, like, yes. m- making the tank immobile. Um, Where is the crew member you need to hit? Uh, that's a little hard to judge here. I guess there's, you can see the v- portholes, right? Uh-huh. But this is a large tank. Uh-huh. Um, Basically, this is the fundamental problem, right? It is, it is a idea that is not without merit, but there are multiple, there are usually going to be five people in this tank there is some redundancy and so like if you fire a shot and you hit the person who is driving right the driver you'll stop the tank for a minute or two Mm -hmm. then they'll replace them and also in the meantime that turret still works i i will say though i did find out there are some russian anti-tank uh riflemen that have some really high tank kills with uh the ptrs 41 such mm-hmm. uh uh such as Sergeant Ilya Duravyanko, uh who knocked out ten tanks. Uh or 
Uh, two, uh, their last names are Yablanko and Serdyukov. I am probably butchering those. Uh, credited uh, with 22 tank kills between them. Um, I presume they were a team. Uh, so I... It, it did. It seemingly did work somewhat. Yeah, but it, I imagine it, like, it yeah. will get worse over time. This is in World War II. I can't imagine that these would be as useful n- even now, really, in the same right. way. Right, they wouldn't be as useful now. And also, the fact that those uh, those individuals got what they did was, uh, a- let's say, a testament more to their skill than what they were given. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's also. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of soviet sniper things that go on in world war ii where the numbers are kind of ridiculous when you find them out um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be- just because of the nature of world war ii being you know uh, obviously the one that everyone on the internet knows with uh what is it uh simo haya i believe um mm-hmm. the finnish uh uh military sniper uh but uh yeah and he he killed but believed over 500 that's not even his own reporting. That is, he be- is that what is believed about him to have killed. Yeah. So yeah. you know, uh, with his fucking uh, Mo- Mosin Nagant, which I believe doesn't even uh, typically have a scope. His might not have. I mean, they issued lots with scopes, but they issue issue. Uh, they also issued, uh, issued a, a lot, lot without. without. Well, I know there yeah. was a lot of scopeless like rifles in that era too. World, mm-hmm. World War II is mm-hmm. a fucked up war. There's a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. I, you can see why it's so easy to read about stuff. Uh, appropriate that we're talking about this the week that they're covering uh, MS Igloo, because unfortunately, I, while I am not like a military otaku, I can see how one becomes this, because I, admittedly, I, I know I have fun reading about this stuff. I just read the Soviet stuff because my brain is like this, but, you know. I don't I don't think of myself as a military otaku. Part uh part of it I think there's probably a point in my life where that would have been like fair you would have say I was in the shallow end of the pool. At this point most of this is just leftover knowledge from like a decade ago yeah. that I have not made any attempt to develop. Uh the one that got me uh is it, well it's just funny because I was thinking about them talking about like, you know, the way Igloo is and how it was shown, you know, in a museum even and stuff. Uh, originally, and how all that was going on. And all my brain can think of is, I agree with all this. All their points are true. Also, though, the Zuda and the Hildolfer are really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Is the thing. I can't help it. Um, I mean, I'm able to divorce it more with Mecha, even when they are obviously pulling from, you know, like, they're they're definitely pulling from World War II Nazi, like, you know, the Nazi super weapon or whatever. Uh, As a I believe uh, uh, Emrys had mentioned, uh, uh, you know, uh, their kid watching the show uh, saying, this seems like it was made by a Varabu. Uh, I, I see that. But also the Zuda and the Hildolfer are cool. <laughs> because they're I not real. I think the dumb. They're not real is the thing that I can say, though, with that. <laughs> and that's why I like the Zuda. Them. The Zuda's cool. The Hildolfer's dumb. What? But... Oh. I love the Hildolfer. Listen, it gets salvaged. Uh, as we mentioned, Mia Brinkman steps up and turns into something genuinely cool. But you know what? That is fair. The Domnomides is cooler than the uh, Hildolfer. I will say that. Um, better use of that giant ass gun. Funny that you don't even. It's really hard to like remember the scale of the Hildolfer until you, like one you see it in the show and you're like, oh right, this thing's big. And then two, you realize mm. the size of that gun. That's a big gun. <laughs> it's a pretty it's big, a big cannon. Gun. Um. 
Anyway. Uh, yes. Uh. All right. All right. I think that's it for this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, that's God. We went over a lot today, even though it was not going to be a lot, but we made it into a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, we do that. We we do it because we only do the one. We've we've gone more to doing the one episode per week, so uh, easier to want to turn this into like you know some uh, five star runtime for one episode. Mm-hmm. So I imagine it's probably also easier to just. Uh, to, to just edit one episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all right. Well, with that, six. Anything to share uh, with, like, uh, questions or anything? Or is it just plugged time? Um, nothing too special, you know? Um, over at MAHQ, you know, continuing the work of, of, of some Witch for Mercury stuff. We're getting some cool designs from there that would be fun to talk about someday. But, Many you know. years from now. Well, not really, yeah. though, because the show's... Theoretically, you know, depending on who you ask and how things go, depending on... Because they've been hinting at there being more. Might be over, might not be. Um, So there might be a point where we can easily talk about these designs. Once there are art books, like extensive art books, because there is one art book that I already have. If there, when there are extensive art books, I will, in fact, add them to the list and we can talk. But, you know. I, I think Dylan and I are going to talk more off the air about this, but I was very surprised. They introduced a new major suit within the last couple of episodes, and I was like, this looks dumb. And then I saw it in action, and I was like, this looks sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it off the air, but yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I just thought it looked cool, but then I lo- thought it looked cooler when it was on the air, if I if we're thinking of the same one. so anyway. Probably. Um, uh yeah. yeah, and uh, latest episode of Gundam at MAHQ should be up by now as we're recording this. Uh, they're going to be recording it live tomorrow, Thursday the 29th, um, which means when this comes out on June the 5th, it should already be up, obviously. That's how well, that works. Also, shout out to Chris. Uh, I sent him a message while we were doing stuff about, oh, uh, actually, the God one is by uh, Ishigaki. It's a redesign of the Gozo. And he's like, oh, right. Yeah. He mentioned that, you know, sometimes uh, some of the older credits from back in the day are still wrong. And, you know, there are just so many, though, that it's good when people issue corrections. Uh, so mm-hmm. if you need to issue a correction at MAHQ, do issue a correction and don't just, as he put it, uh, it's better than someone just saying the site is wrong and not telling me what's wrong. <laughs> Which, you know, mm-hmm. that's a fair point. Um, even though I do do that to the Gundam Wiki all the time, but to be fair, the Gundam Wiki is not run by, like, one person who can just change things. It is an amalgam of many people's misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, like, like I- I've talked about before how sometimes, like, you know, the pooling of information can be really useful for, like, learning how to play, like, for instance, a fighting game character or whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. crystallizing all the player experience into shareable information makes it easier for people to get into things. And the Gundam Wiki is, like, whatever the evil version of that is. The, the <laughs> like, the wrong version of that. I, I want to say, like, something like fake Planet Namek wasn't built in a day. <laughs> Planet oh god, wait, yeah, like, fake Planet Namek. <laughs> I remember uh-huh. that. I remember that. that. That's a weird filler episode, man. <laughs> it's a weird filler episode. There, there are a uh, lot of weird filler episodes, but that one, that one's a weird one. Anyway. 
If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Sixdetmar, S-A-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. I take questions and comments and requests for this show, and also kind of any of our shows. Uh, there, my DMs are open. If you want to find those other shows, I would recommend going to ScanlaneMedia.com or Patreon.com slash ScanlaneMedia. Uh, you should you should support us over, over at the Patreon. We'd really appreciate that. We do a lot of work. Dylan, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and co-host and now on fucking uh, fucking because I, 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 I need all the backups I can in case everything dies and I have no internet presence anymore. Uh, now on Blue Sky at Low Poly Robot as well. Um, basically everywhere uh, because I like having places I can post online and uh, well, Twitter, you know, we've all been doomsaying Twitter for the past like two years weird shit just happens day after day that makes it feel real that it one day will just die um so you know yeah many many websites that you can find me on um even though twitter is where i'm primarily posting still because it's just the easiest one you know? i'm i'm still waiting for blue sky to let me in so you know yeah if, once once well, they do i was gonna say I will, if i get an invite yeah. i'll toss that your way i'll keep that in mind Ooh. Ooh. You know, it's also, it'll be a fun opportunity to kind of redefine myself, right? That's always the fun thing, starting a new social media service and being like, hey, maybe I can do things other than, you know, like, fighting game and then, like, bad jokes. You say that, but I, as soon as, my only three posts on Blue Sky, or four posts, sorry, are, first one is like, oh, now I'm here, uh, followed by, uh, time to christen my entrance with rabbits, and then I posted a bunch of pictures of the wound work. Uh, followed by me trying to post multiple gifs of front mission and then learning that if you put multiple gifs in one image or in like one post which i get it it's in beta so that's probably why this is happening uh, if you put multiple gifs in one thing though it breaks all the gifs instead of uh having mm -hmm. them all play which made me a little sad but whatever that's that's a bummer but it, i mean the site's in beta so whatever i ran a poll the other week to see what people's favorite uh a fighter plane whose production was shut down due to fundamental critical design flaws and people ended up voting to see if i was okay instead of picking a plane what 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 won though out of the results let's see uh the su-47 which one's the uh oh wait SU that's the one with the that's... really sharp the, the really sharp forward angled wings it's a cool plane yeah okay that's a sukhoi the, the berkut berkut yeah. uh why do i know berkut why do i know berkut because you played Ace Combat? I I, know, I thought I've heard that name in a different context, is the thing, but I can't remember. Possible, um, I don't know. Uh, anyway, um... Uh, fuck, I feel bad. I'm forgetting that the one uh, Soviet plane I really like uh, from uh, that era. Uh, not from that era, uh, way before that, but, uh... Um, okay, are, are you... Are, okay. Are you MIG or, or a Sukhoi? Okay, who, I, who, who I like MIGs generally more. I will say that. I do like MIGs okay. generally more. I believe okay. the one that I actually like, though, is an Ilyushin one. Ooh. Uh, let me just find it, though. Uh, it's the one that looks like a toy plane, and I think it looks really <laughs> cute. Um, but I need to find it real quick. Uh, hard, to, uh, hard to remember it, because, you know... Uh, there are a lot of planes, and they tend to all have, like, numbers, like, you know, uh, just IL whatever, or stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. 
but uh, gotta remember, gotta remember. Hold on, hold on. I I will find it real quick. I can find it. Uh, World War Two, Soviet planes, World War Two. Because if I don't look up World War Two, it starts showing me like Cold War era planes. And no, I want World War Two era planes. It's an Ilyushin. Oh, you're looking for World War Two? Okay, that's my. I was. Oh, I'm, sorry. This I'm is like... an Il- Yeah, well, because does Ilyushin yeah. even make like planes after a certain point? I didn't think so. That's why I was like, ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm talking about a World War Two era one. Well, do you know why I know this? Is because I did have a period where I did also play War Thunder, and I only. You're not talking about like the Sturmovik, are you? Sturmovik. Is it the Il Two Sturmovik? No, no, yeah. it's too big. Okay. 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 Well. Either way, uh, here, you know what, uh, let me look at my War Thunder pictures, because I, I probably have a picture <laughs> of, of me playing the game and ha- playing it. Also, stretching the little end of this episode as long as we can, um, you know, how it is. Uh, I mean, I already said the plugs, this is all free content for you at home, you've heard the plugs, there's nothing of value here now except for me trying to figure this out, and I'm definitely not just rambling on while talking about this point in order to keep this going on, because I want to keep talking. Uh, there's I one mean- picture of it. Oh, which one is that? Uh, I just can't remember the name of it. It just—it looks like a toy, though, right? You see what I mean? Yeah. What a what a friend. It's like a little SD plane is the thing that I think is cute about it, and I just cannot remember for the life of me which one it is because there are too many of them. Also, I'm really bad at landing these planes, as you can see. <laughs> that's that's upside down. But as that's people have told they're... me, any landing that you can repair from is a successful landing. So, uh. Oh, right, I did take a picture of running into a player named Akai no Suisse. I ended up stopped playing that game back in, like, 20, I want to say 2021 or something, but um, I did play it for a little period because I was just like, I want something free to play that I can load up that's like a vehicle combat thing. Man, imagine if they made a mecha game with, like, the weird simulator imbalance that, like, something like this has. That would be cool. Anyway, that's just me. All right. Well. Well, folks, until... Next time, just remember, kids are too young to appreciate all our mothers do for us. Peace. Peace. In discussions after recording, we discovered that the plane that Dylan had in mind was not in fact Ilyushin, though its model number does start with an I, which was tripping them up. It is the Polikarpov I-16. Pinetsu 